I think about marketing, I'm like, what is every question someone would have that is keeping them from converting? Let me answer mm-hmm. that now in the marketing mm-hmm. uh, as much as possible. And then from there, it's just, you know, a few questions here and there. My name is Catalina del Carmen, and I'm on a mission to put more cash in the hands of women of color. I'm a wife, mom, amiga, prima, and I happen to run a multiple six-figure coaching business. On this show, I share sales and marketing strategies that keep your business simple, your mindset focused, your bank account big, and your impact even bigger. So if you are on a mission to create generational change and you want to make a lot of money doing it, welcome to the Latinas Booked Out Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Latinas Booked Out Podcast. I hope you are doing well. Y'all, I am back from my mastermind event, not my personal mastermind event, the mastermind I'm a part of. I was in Nashville for an entire week. I was in two events. I was a part of two events or I attended two events for my coach and it was incredible. I got to see her in her business run her kind of multiple six-figure mastermind. And then I was a part of her million dollar mastermind, which was definitely an identity expander for me. It has been pretty damn cool just to watch her in action and also just to be in the room and to really reflect on all the growth I've had in my business. I know that I'm in a new chapter and I could feel the energy of my first million and I'm excited. So I feel so good and I'm excited to get things moving and shaking. We are prepping for show up real enrollment, which will open up in March. Keep listening in to get all of the details. But if you want to be the first, first to know, go to the show notes or you can go to my Instagram Cat Del Carmen, go to the link in bio and you could sign up to be on the wait list for Show Up Real. Show Up Real is my community building and content program. And I am just so excited to be preparing for the launch. We have some really exciting things going uh, that will be happening with the launch, including a challenge. And I'm really elevating the curriculum and the program itself. So y'all, I am so excited. My live event for my mastermind that I'm putting on in Vegas is happening next month. And I just cannot wait for that. I booked a very luxurious suite and we're going to be doing a three-day training there. It's going to be epic with my mastermind clients. It's an intimate group and we're all going to be really focusing on strategizing in their business, but also really, really, really focusing on like, what is the, what are the identity shifts and the growth that they all need for the next level? Yeah. And I have a nervous system expert coming. I'm just I'm so, so excited for my business right now. I can't wait to just serve my clients in more ways and different ways. And yeah. Okay. On that note, today I have an incredible guest talking on the show. I am speaking with Kirsten Roldan. She is not only one of my coaches, I'm in her, I'm actually in both of her programs, but she is really a serial entrepreneur who has created such a phenomenal coaching business. And I had her on the podcast because I just love her brain. She gave she gave me some really incredible coaching in August of 2023 when I really needed it. And it was everything I needed to 
continue on with this launch that I had planned for Show Up Real. And it ended up being such an epic launch. And her coaching was such a big part of that. It was just what I needed at the time. And I wanted to get her on because I just love her brain so, so much. And the best part is that when we had already had this planned for months ahead of time, and she announced that she hit over a million in her business right around the time that we recorded. So I got to catch her in this moment of her business where she hit her first million in business, and I got to ask her all of the questions about that. So this episode, we are digging into really like how to become this million dollar coach, what mindset to have, the decisions you have to make, and also how to become a great marketer. She is an expert fucking marketer, y'all. And we talked all about that on this episode. So you want to listen to this one, trust me. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Kirsten. So Kirsten Roldan is a Puerto Rican woman who was born to a teen single mom. And Kirsten beat the odds and scaled to a million dollar business with a small email list, a small following, and a team of contractors. Kirsten is a business coach with two signature programs, Million Dollar Email, where she helps coaches and service providers make social media optional, and Million Dollar CEO, which helps coaches and agencies scale to a million a year peacefully with the right team systems and mindset. She scaled to a million dollars with a list below a thousand subscribers, y'all. So I think this episode, I know this episode is going to be so, so good. Make sure to follow her on Instagram, get on her email list, do all the things and listen up y'all. You're going to want to take away a lot of notes from this episode. All right, y'all see you on the other side. I'm just going to start with saying congratulations on a million (laughs) fucking dollars. I, my legs are shaking. You can't see it, but I'm just like, whenever people start talking about it, I start like shaking because I'm just like, it genuinely, I, I just haven't fully processed it. Like it just doesn't I, feel real. I imagine. Um, it doesn't feel real. How is, like, is it what, do you feel the way you, because look, I imagine, right, <laughs> by a million dollars, You already have, you kind of are already onto yourself on like the uncomfortableness of success. So I'm curious. I always think like, oh my God, when I make a million dollars, I'm just going to be all kinds of fucking awkward because Uh I have an idea, right? Like I have an idea of what it feels like to have that much growth and for eyes kind of to be a little on you, not a little, a lot on you. Um, Do, does it feel the way you thought it would feel? That's a really good question. It doesn't, it doesn't. I knew to your point about being on to myself, I knew that I wouldn't like magically change into like this evolved person that now knows how to make a million dollars. Like I knew that that wouldn't happen. So, and, and it didn't. So that feels very like on par with my estimation there. However, I didn't anticipate how just how confusing it would be because I'm so the same. And so, you know, like, Uh, I I was just looking at my husband yesterday and and I was like, I think we're going to close out at one, one actually like 1.1. And he was like, when, how, who, (laughs) like, like it just, he's like, you, you still sleep until 10. Like what, what, what's happened? Like, you're still the same person. Like you've been doing the same things. Yeah. Uh, And so that to me is a little bit of a moment where throughout the whole year, I was like, there's no way I'm going to make a million because it's all too the same. Like it's all, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm working any harder or, you know, anything like that. Like Mm -hmm. there's just everything feels like, yeah, I'm just doing the same thing. So Mm -hmm. that was confusing that, and it's still confusing. It's still looking back. Like I told my friend, um, who's also a money coach. I was like the math, it, 
I always question the math because of how normal, like everything feels. Yeah. Like, is it real? Did I? Yeah. Are you sh- uh, check the math. Check the bookkeeper. But I reached out to everyone. They all said it was true. So, oh my god, I'm yeah. so excited for you. I have. I mean, we don't even know how I originally found you. I found you. So, I mean, so you had. Well, actually, one of my first questions I have for you mm-hmm. is about your business story. Um, but why don't we start? I would love. Obviously, there was an intro at the beginning of this episode, but like, if you yeah. could give us just a little bit of background, like, tell us a little bit about who you are and like really what brought you to b- building your first business. I know you have many. Um, how tell us how you got to business and also like a business story. I know that's a loaded question, but I, I would love to yeah. just like say the background. I'm like, who is this woman? And I want everyone to know. Yes, yes. So yes, my name is Kirsten, if you haven't heard by now. Um, I uh started in healthcare. So that was the career that I was in before my business. And you know, talking about your own offers, like showing up real. Let's just say I didn't feel like I could show up real at healthcare and it got to a point where for me, I've always, uh, you know, struggled with my mon- mental health, have lived with, uh, you know, depression, anxiety and things like that and other things. And, uh, you know, when I started to realize that working in that environment wasn't really conducive to, uh, my mental health, also just the life that I wanted in general, which was flexibility, being able to work from home, all those things. All of that came to a turning point for me when I had a panic attack at work and I ended up being hospitalized and I took time off and was, uh, let's just say I, I, some jokes were made about the fact that I, you know, had taken time off and that I was like, you know, my, my coworkers didn't like that. And that was a moment for me where I said, I need to do something else. Uh, I actually didn't think I would have my own business. I didn't, I had no idea what the coaching industry was, no idea. So I just house cleaned, uh, tried to do a housekeeping business that went really well. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that I had a whole housekeeping business. I had clients, I was booked and busy. Like it was a whole thing. That's crazy. Yeah. I had a whole house cleaning thing and it still was a side hustle, but I was making a good income from it and I could have grown it. So there was that. Um, then I was like, okay, this is hard on the body. I want to do something creative. And I started a hair blog because I love braiding hair. Braiding is my thing. So I started, it's, it was called bad for the braid was my hair blog. <laughs> Thinking about it. it. I'm like, not the copy. Yeah. So it. braid. And that actually got me a pretty solid local following that booked me some uh, bridal gigs of brides that literally just wanted braided styles, which is what I became known for. I even had local barber shops reaching out to me um, to see if I could braid, like like how advanced was my braiding and things like that. They wanted me to like come and test. And I was like, what is happening? So I was really excited about that. But once again, it was hard on the body. And yeah. I already health injuries from healthcare, from shoulder. I had shoulder injuries and and back injuries. Um, I just was like, man, what can I do? But some coaches started following me on my hair blog and they started engaging with me. And this is why whenever people are like, they did, (laughs) they started engaging. I have a soft spot for that. Like I have a soft spot for like people engaging on people's posts. Cause I'm like, you can change someone's life. Like they and it changed my life. And like, I clicked on her page and there was this girl who was a social media manager and everything she was talking about and doing, I was like, I can do that. Like I grew my social media. I got clients from my social media. Like I can totally do this. And that's what got me into the industry. And then just to like super fast forward, I ended up becoming social media manager, then an OBM, then an agency owner. And now I'm where I am now, which I am a coach and an agency owner. So I have both uh, coaching offers and I have an agency as well. Um, but wow. crazy. So like you're a I hustler. You're a yeah. hustler. I mean, you kind of have to be if you're making a million dollars. Like a, yeah. not, it doesn't have to be like bad overworking hustle. I, but you're a hustler. I love being a hustler. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a hustler, hustler too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love it. I'm just going to, I want to learn, I want to paint the full, full picture. How, where did you grow up? 
where did you grow up? What was like before healthcare, like before your career, your first career, right? I imagine it was healthcare. Um, what was your childhood like? And like, just to, just to get the meat of it, my, my oh. audience, we love the full story, you know, like, that's oh, I love that. With. so I would love to know a little bit more about that from you. Yeah. I grew up in New York, born and raised in New York. Uh, I grew up outside of the city. So I was about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic north of the, of Manhattan. So grew up there, love where I grew up now, hated it then, but love it now. So I grew up in uh, yeah, just like a city outside the city, basically. Um, and my family is Puerto Rican. So grew up in a Hispanic household and that was a good time. (laughs) Good time. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, my mom was a teen mom, so I was raised by a teen mom. She had me at 15 years old. My parents were, yeah, my parents met in juvie. It's a whole story. My parents. Oh, it's okay. My My family. We listen. Yeah. (laughs) My mom and dad were some bad kids. They were some (laughs) bad kids. So I grew up very good girl. If you can imagine, like I grew up very like, you know, don't get pregnant and don't, you know, don't get in trouble. And it's so funny because I'm about to be 30 in like three weeks. And my mom is like, okay, like you can have kids now. Like you can, like, if you want to, you can have kids. I'm like, no, you told me you'd kill me if I ever got pregnant. She's like, anytime, like you're not Um, 15. That's what I grew up hearing. Yeah. Like you're not going to be a teen. You're not going to be a teen mom anymore. I'm like, no, I'm going as long as I can. So that's really funny. But um, yeah, so I just grew up with like a super strict teen mom that like had something to prove, which I'm yeah. I'm so grateful for because the w- way she raised me was very entrepreneurial, very independent, very like just be the best in the room always. And you know, there's some downsides to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, I mean, she seems like mom. a hustler too. You kind of have to be, I imagine. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raised by a single mom too. Like the whole yeah. time she was a single mom. So, yeah. I mean, that's like pure hustle. Like that is making it. Absolutely. Work. And like my father was nowhere in the picture. He was in and out of prison, like nowhere in the picture. So my mom like really just like, uh, took it. And I was also, you know, my, my, her family helped raise me as well. My grandparents and my aunt. And yeah, so I grew up in a very, like, be the best in the room be the hardest worker um, and just like be independent and make as much money as you can. And honestly, my mom, like her whole thing was get a job so you can start a business. That was kind of her philosophy. What so, a smart woman. Yeah. yeah. So I, she, actually, I was going to ask yeah. you, sorry to interrupt you. No, please. Um, I want, I want you to continue, but yeah. I'm curious uh, when you're telling your story, I'm curious about, if you went to college and did, if, if you went, like, what was that experience like? Um, yeah. and did you, what were you told? And clearly you were like, your mom was yes. like, get a job and start a business, which college was like, love her already. yeah, college was not optional in my family, like at all. So yes, went to college, uh, started in Atlanta, ended up graduating at a college in Jersey, but uh, in terms of the experience, honestly, it was, I have a lot I could say about college actually, but overall I went to do a medical career and that was really the recommendation. I wanted to be a hairstylist and my, my mom and my, you know, my family was like, no. get, it, it was also in the middle of a recession and like, yeah. they were like, get a job that you can't lose was kind of their mindset. Uh, and so I got a job in healthcare. And again, going back to my mom, it's so funny and how I was raised. She was like, you got a niche, like niche is where it's at. So I went into healthcare and then my mom was like, you should niche into a specific specialty. So I ended up niching into cardiovascular pathology. Um, and it's true. I could, I could always have a job at the drop of a hat. Like everybody needs my title where like in any place that I go, and so, um, yeah, it's kind of funny, all the business lessons that I ended up learning, but yeah, the, the whole college experience was like, get a job that you, that can pay for your passions. And I ended up getting paid really well for a job, right. For a nine to five, yeah. uh, had a really good schedule and, you know, and that was another thing. My mom had really guided me around, like get a job that you don't have to work 
20 hour shifts, you know, like get a job that you can work part time so you can focus on your passions and it pays you and you can focus on your passions. And that's honestly what I ended up doing. So she wasn't surprised when I started a business because I was like, nope, I got the job. I'm working. It wasn't part time. It was technically full time, but it was four days a week, 10 hour shifts, four days. It pays me well. And this is going to pay for whatever I'm doing next. And so that's exactly what I did. And I started my business, paid off my student loans and said, I'm never going back to healthcare. <laughs> wow. I did my time. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Such a good story. It makes yeah. so much sense. Like that. Really you're, really yeah. That you're such yeah. like at least the version that I see. I'm like, oh yeah, that totally like those dots, they connect. Super strong. St- yep. Super strong Puerto Rican teen mom. Yeah. Yeah, it all it all connects. <laughs> what a badass. What a badass. It all connects. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, okay, so let's talk about well, come on, I, I want to go down this road versus email. We're gonna talk about email, guys. Do okay. It. We're gonna talk about email, but I want yeah. to I want to ask you some more questions. When okay, so we heard your story, it's incredible. I want to know about what you have learned about pivoting or transitions. I mean, I just wrote down all of the businesses that you've had. And by the way, you had one in there that was like sneaky that I know about the, the box, the subscription box. That oh, was, I forgot about yeah, that one. The product. Is like, so I'm curious. The CEO box. Yeah. yeah I'm curious. Yeah. What, like, what have you learned about transitioning and pivoting and like doing the next thing? Especially because now you, you've, I think, is this the first business you got to a million? I assume it is. Yes. But, yes. Okay. So you've hit this incredible milestone, right? What have, what, looking back now, like, what did you do right in those decisions, in that decision making? That's such a good question. And I know exactly what it is. And it's honestly finding a hole in the market and filling it creatively and like uniquely specifically. So for example, like at the time that I was in OBM, what was a creative and unique way to fill the hole in the market was offering, you know, uh, for me, it was offering email services, right? Now I don't recommend that (laughs) focus on (laughs) staying in scope, right? But at the time that worked really well for me and got me out of my job, right? Um, Then, you know, if if we think about the the product business, uh, the CEO box was a gift box service for entrepreneurs. We didn't have any gift box services that A, were serving entrepreneurs specifically, that was positioned for CEOs specifically and B that had the majority of their products BIPOC owned as well. So we were, we're going to have a gift box service for entrepreneurs that also the majority of it will be BIPOC owned. And, and like that was super unique and not it it, actually, there's still none that does it. There's still not. No, I remember, I remember seeing it and I was like, this is genius. Like nobody is thinking about this. Yeah. And then same thing with million dollar email, which is my email marketing program. It's like serving, just serving these, uh, I joke, I jokingly call it like the unsexy needs of the market. Like I've just done really well at serving the unsexy needs of the market. My million dollar CEO program, team and systems and mindset, you know, just serving those parts of the market in a unique way and really helping people see that it's, actually just incredible and super valuable and all the things, uh, that's honestly what's made every pivot so successful. Even now I, uh, just relaunched my agency and literally what I, what I, thank you. But like what it's an email writing agency and what I'm doing is serving a part of the market that is, you know, quote unquote, unsexy in a unique way, in a way that's really valuable for people. And so that's why it's succeeding as quickly as it is as well. So I think I just have that skill. Um, and that's what's made every pivot really successful. Yeah. How do you decide that? Like, how do you decide what your what deserves your energy? Like, how do you decide like, okay, strategically, I'm going to put this aside because this is it's not the time for that. Right now is the time for this. What is your thought process around 
how you've, I mean, cause I know a little bit about your story in terms of like when you did have the, when you were OBM and then turned agency, I think I found you when you were an agency. Like I want yes. to, I found you around that time. And how did you decide to like, I love the part of your story that is like the, the agency and I've, I've, I've listened to your podcast. So I know that Oh, I don't know the deep story, but I know that like you had the agency, it was thriving and it was profitable. Well, it was, I don't know if it was profitable or not, but you were spending a lot and like something went wrong or whatever. Yeah. You decided to like pull back and just be like, let me learn from this, la la la. And then you went back to it years later after, I mean, obviously you started yeah. coaching, you started, well, thank God you started coaching because so many of us need you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but what, like, I love that you went back to like what you really knew. And I'm really curious of like, how did you unfold that journey? Like, how did you really dive into like, okay, like, what is it called? Funnel, your first, the first version of. Um, oh, it was Finesse Your Funnel. Yeah. Finesse Your Funnel. And yeah. like the transition from that to Million Dollar Email, which is such an incredible program. I would love to hear your thought process around going back to it. Like what connected the dots for you to be like, okay, I'm uh, going all in. Oh my goodness. So good. I love that. I can talk about this. Uh, yeah. My thought process was I thought I failed and I had to realize I did it honestly. Oh. honestly. So to your point, the way I used to talk about my agency, I used to talk about it like, I, you know, I, I had to burn it down because it wasn't profitable and it was all these things. And, uh, you know, it was stressful and I had to work 90 hours a week. Like the way I talked about my agency was always very heavy. And that's how I genuinely felt and thought and believed that it was, I thought it was an extremely heavy time in my life. And it was, but I don't want to say not as heavy as my mind made it, but like looking back, it was so much more successful than I give myself credit for. So what I mean by that is, you know, my story, just to recap for people is I had an OBM agency that was complicated, that was out of scope. You know, I was doing all these things for people that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, it was, uh, it required a lot of team members because I didn't know how to structure my team. It was, Profitable, but could have been more, way more profitable. I mean, I was making five figures, you know, cash a month in the in my pocket as a salary. Like that's profitable, but like I still was stressed. I was working a lot, all the things. And then when I decided, okay, I need to do this differently, I decided to simplify my agency into a funnels agency. And my thought process for that was, this is actually my best skill. And the easiest skill for me to perform is funnels and, e and emails and things like that. That's what I was doing with the OBM clients that I wanted to do more of. So I did that, uh, simplified a ton, figured out how to get the team uh, lean, right? And still deliver to a lot of clients, 10 to 12 clients at a time, figured out how to get it more profitable and figured out how to work significantly less on it every month. But by then, I was so convinced that I was a failure that I was uh, like, I have to go somewhere else. I have to do something else. And that's when I ended up really leaning into focusing on my group program, which was a funnels group program, Vanessa Funnel. Uh, hated that too. <laughs> like, it was so funny. My mindset at the time was just like, I'm just a failure in everything. And so much of my coaching, my own coaching that my coach gave me was you have to see yourself as successful, or you're going to burn every offer you have down. Like you have to see yourself and your offers as valuable and successful. And yeah. so, so I good. stuck with Finesse Your Funnel and one-on-one coaching for a year, even though I hated it, I didn't like it until I saw it as something that was successful. And then I moved into Million Dollar Email, which is a whole other conversation. But going back to how I ended up bringing about the agency it took me years of looking back and realizing, wait, you had an incredible agency. You actually did a really good job for having no knowledge, for not having you, <laughs> the you that you are for other people now, yeah. for not having you as a coach yet. 
you did so well. And the agency was never a problem. It was never hard on you. It was never bad to you. It was, it was literally how you grew your business. And once I started seeing that, I started to realize I was like, I need an agency again. I need to go back to my agency like roots again. And it took me time. But once I processed all that, like, you know, failure stuff and realized that I'm not going to scale with me thinking that I was a, that like I failed my way here. Mm-hmm. That's not going to scale. Once I realized that, I was like, oh, all of Kirsten, 2020, 2021, it's all coming back. I have to take her with me. I can't leave her behind. Uh, so a bit of strategy, a bit of mindset there. Like it was, it was bold, honestly. And that's, that was my thought process of bringing the agency back and just also being like, you have so many more, you have so much more knowledge now. You've been coaching other agency owners on all the mistakes that you made and how to help them avoid it. I've seen them succeed with my frameworks. And I'm like, okay, I can now too. Like, I don't have to just help other people do it. Like I can do this. I always could have. I just had, you know, low self-esteem, <laughs> but I always yeah. could have done it. I've always could have done this. So long-winded, so it, but no, I best. think, I think it is so, so incredibly relatable. I think that's what stops a lot of people is like the thought of like, I'm not successful. This isn't successful. And I think it's important that everyone listening here, that like she had a full fucking fledged successful business with managing people, managing lots of clients, doing all of the things, having a good product. And still it's like our mind can call that a failure. Like, can I share, can I share a quick story? Actually, I, you know, I was getting coached at this mastermind of bed and there was this $5 million coach that I was like, I want her brain, my business. And I sat down in her chair and it was so, it was, I'm I'm describing it to show you how like intimate and like low key embarrassing it was. It was so small. It was in a little hotel room. She was hosting this thing, this little hotel room. I was in the chair around this, you know, this people. And I said, I had an agency that that didn't succeed. And, you know, now I have a 500 K business, but because of the agency stuff, I'm scared to like keep investing. I'm scared to grow things like that because I have a lot of trauma around the agency. And she like asked me more questions and she said, okay, wait, so you had, you did two, 300 K years with an agency and now you, you know, then you let it go. And now you're a 500 K. And she was like, I'm so confused. Where, where did it fail? Like, did I miss something? And she was the one that made me like, oh, wait. (laughs) If I was in a room full of people that were like, you know, the questions they were asking were like, how do I sign my first client? And how do I do this? How do I do that? And I was like, so I made multiple six figures twice with my agency, two years in a row. But, but, you know, it was a failure. And and she was just like, I'm so confused. Where was the failure? Where's the failure? And that blew my mind. That really, and that changed the trajectory, honestly, of my mindset. And then from there, it was okay, let me like with my ongoing coach, like piece out everything I'm scared of when it comes to the failure stuff and then mm-hmm. go for it. But that was really the catalyst of like, wait, when did you ever? When did you so, fail? Like, so good. When what do you mean? Fail. When did you fail? It's so, so uh. good. No, I remember when I went to my, it was actually my first mastermind ever. And my coach, she asked me about my business. And I just remember her telling me like, okay, so you know how to make money. Like if you've already made six, you know, if you made six figures in six, seven months, like you understand business, here's what we need to work out now. And like, I don't think people understand like when you get in a fucking room with someone who has done things that you haven't done, like the coaching doesn't need to be powerful. It's like one fucking sentence can be so life changing. And just her, like, it felt like she granted me like, oh, you know about business. Clearly Mm. you're fine. And I'm like, oh, like someone like I'm not I'm not failing. Right. Like I'm not doing this wrong. 
Yeah. Oh, so good, Kirsten. So good. Okay. I won't, I really want to get to emails, although I have like lots of follow-up questions, but I ask me all the questions. I'm here. <laughs> I know, but I, I, I really also want to pick your brain about emails. I, uh, let me just let everyone know. So I am in both of your like signature programs. Um, I'm in your mastermind and I am a part of million dollar email and I get so much value from your work. You're so incredible. I love your brain. Um, I love, so I'm a business major and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I always, like I used to, in high school, I used to tell people, like when we would talk about like what our life was going to be like, and I'm like, I'm not having kids until after 30 and I'm going to be a CEO of a company. <laughs> and that's what I would say. I never saw myself as like a founder. I'm, mo- I thought I would like go up the ranks in my career and become a CEO. Um, but like, it was a vision, like that was the vision since I was little. So I love talking business. Like I fucking like, like I study stories. I've studied you. Like I will piece together like this podcast. She said this and this happened in 2020, 2020. And then she started this business. And I like, I study that shit. I fucking love it. I nerd out on it. And one thing, so that being said, I love your brain and I love your programs. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about million dollar email and why people struggle writing so much. <laughs> and I want to yeah. ask you um, some questions when it comes to that. So mm-hmm. here's my first question. So the first question I want to ask is like, what is your definition? Like, how would you define marketing? I know that's like a very, like, mm. I'm just curious, like, how do you think of marketing? Why is it important? Really good question. I think marketing, it's funny. I have always, <laughs> I've always joked that like my marketing is what helps me sell. Meaning for a long time, I wasn't really, even to this day, like I'm not really good on sales calls. I'm not really good at like, you know, I, I'm just like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not yeah. necessarily like a genius on the sales end, but I think yeah. because marketing is so good, it helps me sell very easily. Yeah. Uh, so I say that to say, I honestly, it's going to come out clunky, but the way I think about marketing is I think about marketing answering all the questions your buyer has to easily convert. Like yeah. that's how I, and yeah. so when I, I think about marketing, I'm like, what is every question someone would have that is keeping them from converting? Let me answer mm-hmm. that now in the marketing mm-hmm. uh, as much as possible. And then from there, it's just, you know, a few questions here and there about. No, I love know. that answer. Cause it is so simple. Like it is that yeah. simple. Like it's yeah. really not like the most. And I think from a content point of view too, like so many people overthink content. And I think, you know, obviously like we all have our own geniuses. And for me, I'm like, you just show up and you talk to people about, you I know, like, like for that. me, it's easy for you. It's easy to write an email. And some people are like, I can't fucking write an email for nothing. You know, it's funny because I feel like it's three, it's almost like three or four things. It's like marketing is showing people the problems they have that you know the problems they have specifically that you know how to solve them right and how your offer solves yes. them and then every question they have about your specific offer so that's like four components to me is how i think of it and i think with emails the reason why i find it so easy with email is honestly like i could just write those four points down and then answer the questions and that's an email <laughs> So for example, like, okay, what problem, what is one problem my clients have? Answer that question. Mm-hmm. What is, uh, how do I solve that problem? Answer that question. How does my offer uniquely help them, et cetera? Like answer that question. That's an email. And so honestly, like that's how I think of marketing. <laughs> okay. No, this is so, so, so good. First of all, I love your answers. Le- I want to go back to what you just said, where people get stuck, where I get stuck. And also when, where my clients get stuck when they're like creating an IG caption or something like that is, am I talking about the right thing? Am mm-hmm. I saying the right thing? Like, is it actually 
because you one of them was like showing people their problems like is this an actual problem for them and they get so wrapped up on like am I doing it right that they instead it's just like fuck it I'm not writing this right this is bullshit like I'm I'm talking in circles that's something I do all the time I'm like I'm talking in circles I'm and I'm I think I've learned how to edit better than write (laughs) um because I'm like okay this is saying the same thing three times but I'm curious for you, like, one, do you ever get in your head about writing some mother effing oh. emails? And two, what do you do about it? Mm, really good question. I want to start with just addressing the, like, worrying about the right thing. I'm going to take a strategy side and a mindset side. Beautiful. So mindset-wise, what helps me is my favorite thought to think while I'm writing is this isn't going to convert. Like people are, this isn't going to get them. This isn't answering their biggest burning question. And what helps me get through that is honestly the mindset shift of what if anything I say can convert? Like anything I say can convert, at least Mm -hmm. one person is eating this email up. So there's that mindset shift. Strategically, what I've learned is you just need to know your your who better than anyone, your ideal client. You need to know your ideal client better than anyone. And if you know your ideal client, you're always going to say the right thing. And so for me, what I realized is I'm like, if I just open up my Slack channel or open up a past call and I just pull what was their problem and what was the solution, mm-hmm. right? then I'm saying the right thing because there's another ideal client that isn't in my container yet that is thinking the same thing. So that has really helped a lot. And uh, I think when you can start there with those basics, you actually, you then you actually build off the skill and get better at it. You get to catch the nuances better and things like that. But really it's fundamentally goes back to, do I know my ideal client, like the back of my hand? And do I believe that anything I say can convert? And if so, then I'm good. Uh, those are two things that I, that I do to help me write emails, even when I have mindset stuff. Honestly, I think the advice of like, open up a fucking call and like, look at your own coaching. Like, look at what you coach. Somebody. Don't pull emails out of thin air. Literally don't pull it yeah. out of thin air. Yeah. yeah. And this is the work I feel like a lot of people don't want to do right because they feel the shame and the coaching wasn't good or like oh it's cringe to like watch myself like la 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 but that is genius that is genius I'm going to take that and do that immediately I'm gonna spend my whole fucking holiday looking back at myself oh my goodness if you were to speaking of showing up real like if you were to look back at my 2020 2019 2020 days yeah Hair, my make just every I was just like, who was she, what was she doing? But I'm just like, but look at me just solving problems. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Was just solve my clients' problems. Like, that's all you need to do. Yeah. You need yeah. to do if you solve problems, people don't care. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious. This is I don't even know exactly what category this question's in. <laughs> Do you, if you, do you ever get, and this is, I mean, it's kind of like the first question I asked, I mean, this last question, but when you do get in your head, do you think, and and when I say, let me explain what I mean, what I mean by that. I have clients who will, they'll need to do the work. Right. And I think this goes back to like your, I mean, what you've learned, like hitting this incredible milestone of over a million when you have work to do mm-hmm. and you are in your head about doing the work, personally, I've learned, actually, you gave me, let me just give you your fucking flowers, some of the best coaching I mm-hmm. ever got. It's going to, you know, go in the handful of moments that I got the best coaching. I remember coming to you, this was in your mastermind, but I remember coming to you and I had a, for me, I had a lot going on. I had a live event I had just was planning for, I think. Um, And one month after that, I was launching my new offer. And I came to you like very overwhelmed. And I was like, I really think I should move something here. Like, I think like this is way too much work in one 
you know, in, in just one month, it, they were one month apart. And your answer was, that's not that much work. <laughs> My favorite thing to say. The quiet after. Like, it was the quiet after that was yeah. like, the like di- digesting that shit. And, you know, I I always tell my clients this, um, the best coaching, like, I think the best coaching is when you just take it and you, yeah, you just shut the fuck up <laughs> and you listen yeah. to the person who knows more mm-hmm. and, and sure, that doesn't happen all the time. Like, of course, but sometimes you just accept the hard answer. And for me, that moment was like, oh, like it's going to take harder work. It doesn't have to be a bad thing either. Like it doesn't have to be, I think sometimes so many of us are so scared to do hard work because we don't want to burn out. And I think that moment for me was so mind blowing because there's levels of that. And I think I had to test a new level of burnout and trust that like, I'm not going to burn out on the other side of this. What if I just test this? Like what, and the only, and what you said after that is you said something along the lines of it's not that much work. And then I was like, but I'm like scared of this and that, like, it's, it's just, I have to do this and this and that. And you're like, do it. You're just not going to do it as like nice as you thought. Like, it's not going just to be as like pretty and like organized, like whatever as you thought. And it was the perfect coaching. And I went on to have an incredible launch for my program and such a fucking organized event. Literally, I had the story that I'm very unorganized and I'm such a hot mess. And that event proved to me, I'm like, I am very organized. Like literally, I am so organized. This happened so nicely. And I just learned so much about myself. And and, Mm. and more than anything, I learned that I'm capable of doing a lot more work in a small amount of time. Anyway, so thank you. Thank you for that coaching. Now, for you, how the fuck do you do that on repeat? (laughs) I love that you said that because I'm actually one of my upcoming projects, something that I'm working on, I'm currently like doing research. I'm in the research phase is writing a book on burnout because burnout has been a consistent through line of my life. I've burned out uh, in three major, three actual times that I would actually consider a burnout uh, three times. And I have been coaching, especially because my, so much of my, uh, marketing, my angle, my, you know, like what I bring to the industry is about peace and peaceful, having a peaceful business and things like that. I attract, you know, people like myself who have burned out and are just looking for peace. Right. And what I found is I call them healing high performers. What I find is they're so scared and terrified to burn out. And it's like burnout is just like the fear of burnout is literally controlling their lives. And I was there. Like I was, and I still get there sometimes. Sometimes I have to remind myself, like, you're going to be okay. But I was there where it's like, you know, my coach or someone else would tell me to do something. I'd be like, I don't want to work all night or I don't want to be, I don't want to be tired the next day, or I don't want to do it up because that's going to equal burnout. And all it is, is lack of trust in your self. Right. And you, you brought that out beautifully. Like I just had to trust myself again. You just lost some trust in yourself. And you, and so of course you're trying to protect your body and your mind from whatever happened before happening again. But the way I'm able to do it consistently, and this is controversial, but it's actually believing that burnout isn't like So based on my research, what I'm realizing is that the definition of burnout is just disengagement. It's just disengagement. So burnout is actually like when I I simplify and neutralized burnout, like this is where it's controversial, where I wasn't like burnout, when instead I was like, oh, burnout is just disengagement. And the if the worst that can happen is I disengage I know how to re-engage myself again. 
before I get the physical burnout symptoms that I did before, right? All I have to do is look for disengagement and I'll be okay. That changed my life. And now I'm able to, because I'm not scared to work, I've actually learned to work really hard in, like you said, in short amount of time. So I'm still working part-time, but I know how to work hard. I know how to get it done because I'm simply not scared to do it. Now, this is like, again, controversial, but it works. It's very simple. Anytime I'm like, I don't want to work all night or I don't want to be tired the next day. I literally tell my brain, I'm like, no, it's okay if you work all night. You're, you'll be okay. You'll be okay if you have, if you're tired tomorrow, you'll be okay. Just by doing that, (laughs) I never end up working all night. I finish it. I clean it up within the hour, but I have to tell my brain and my body, you're safe. You're okay. You're just a challenging block right now. You're getting a little writer's block or you're getting a little creative block. That's all that's happening. You're just disengaging a little bit. Let's re-engage you. It's not going to take all night. You're going to be okay, right? Coaching Mm -hmm. myself that way helps me to do that on repeat, to work hard in short amount of time on repeat. And I I have never burned out since. since. And I and I know, listen, I for those listening, like when I tell you I've like I've had all the symptoms, the mental breakdown, like full blown hospitalizations, yeah, physical, physical issues. Like I have been through it. So I say that with experience. It really just took simplifying burnout in my brain. No, I love this. I think I want to say something because I know the moms are going to listen to this. This is what moms do. They Mm -hmm. say, but she doesn't have kids. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what we all know. And I want to speak to that because one thing, and this was directly after your coaching, directly after your coaching, I made Um, this was like the rule to myself on like how I didn't burn out during that time. And I got like really close to burnout, but it's like burnout is very extremely high emotions, like not good, you know? And I, I think you're so right when you said, I don't know how exactly you said it, but you're like, when you're about like disengaging, you're actually disengaging because when you're working very hard, you're like very engaged. Like it is like, uh, something in you that like work, you can technically work 90 hours a week and be happy and peaceful. You technically, yeah, that's it's it's like your thoughts. If it's passionate, right. Like if you're doing passionate work, like technically you could walk away from 90 hour work week and love it. That's why so much of us loved when we first started building our businesses, we were never tired. Yeah. It didn't feel like that. Yeah. But one thing that I learned when I was really challenging myself in this way, and I just want to make sure that like my audience hears this, is that for me, in the beginning of my business, I had to really separate my like family time with my business time. And that was really important to me back then because I couldn't, I think for a lot of parents were so drained physically and like just from fucking kids that the minute we have any alone time, like using our brain again is like, I don't want to fucking use my brain for nothing. I'm so, and I think what, so in the beginning of my business, I had to really differentiate family time and work time. And I needed to give myself a lot of time to just like get in the groove of work and then get work done. But when at this phase in my business, I realized that I was so stuck to that old model And what I wasn't allowing myself to do was just to like hop into work and play and work. And when I say play family time. So what I did at that time after your coaching to to be able to do the things I want to do with my family and like spend my Saturday with like my family and not feel like I have to rush to my kids right after work, like during the week. What I did is I was like, your schedule's free game, cat. Literally, you get to just fucking be productive when you want. So what it looked like, what it turned into for that phase of my business when I produced a lot was I was jumping from um, having an hour and a half in my garage and my laptop creating curriculum, getting out of there, playing with my kids, fully undressed, like not undressed, but fully like not showered, like in pajamas still at 4 p.m. on a Saturday 
enjoying that part of my life, going back to like, you know, telling my husband like, okay, I'm going to go back in there for a little bit, working a little bit more. And that's how I got everything done. And it didn't, and, and it was so fucking joyful for me. And it didn't make sense. Like in my brain, I was like, this is so weird. Why am I so productive? Like, this is so odd. And what it allowed me to do is also loosen up my nine to five schedule. And I was like, maybe I'll just take a fucking nap in the middle of the day. And like, if if I'm really in my head in the middle of the day, I'll just take a nap and I'll work late instead of trying to force myself to like work during these certain times, which I feel like parents feel that way because it's like, oh, once my... Once I'm back to my life, it's like all about the fucking kids. And I just want to call that out that like it, it, you're going to break your own rules as you learn to work hard without burnout. Like, yeah. yeah. And there, there's a few things here. Like, yeah, I can't, I don't have kids, but I can't work all day and night. I have a husband that needs me. I have family members that need me. Like, I can't like, if I'm working all day and night, like I have people to answer to still. So that doesn't. You know, it's one of those things, like you said, it's like you can still balance whatever responsibilities you have. You just have to do it in your own way and you have to figure out your schedule for it. But also, uh, and I'm, I want to be very clear, I'm not saying it's the same. However, I found that the principles that I apply to my mental health help my parent uh, clients a lot, my clients who are parents a lot. And really the principle is my 10% is everybody else's 100 <laughs> My 10% is everybody else's a hundred. And like you said, like sometimes you show up and you're not fully dressed and like, this is what the kids are going to get today or whatever it is. Really seeing that your 10% is everybody else's a hundred, especially as a woman of color. Like yeah. there's no way, like you're an A plus student when you think you're an app. Like that's just the reality. A hundred percent. That helps tremendously too. Cause there are days where I am so debilitated from my depression that I'm just like, if it, I can barely type sometimes, but I have to bring myself to, oh, like my 10%, even my 2% is someone else's 40, 50, 60%, 100%. That helps tremendously as well. And it really goes back to showing up real, right? Like just showing up as you are and being like, what you get is going to be enough. Just doing that rather than stopping or not doing it will get you further. Yeah. Doing it like perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And you gave me so much of that permission. You were just like, it's just yeah. not going to be done the exact way that you want it to be done. Yeah. But you could let that be okay. Like, and I remember telling you, I remember saying, like, it's okay to be messy. Like, it's yeah. okay to be messy in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And that was such permission I needed. I think. Yeah, I just needed someone who knows more than me to give me permission of like, it's okay for this to be messy again. I think there's so many, you know, this, like there's so many like phases of like, there's time to like up the quality and then there's time to like, just go hard and let it be messy. Right. Like there it's, it's such a mix when you're scaling that you, yeah, you have to learn. It's like, it really is. Like you said, like it's this another level of trust in yourself. Yeah. Kirsten. Thank you so fucking much for being here. What an honor to have you on the show. What a honor. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on the show. Of course. I don't have many guests anymore, although I am starting actually. A lot of my guests are my clients, um, but you're one of my coaches and I adore you and I'm so grateful for your coaching. Uh, I uh, Congratulations. Like I... I wish I could show you all of the the impact you are making. It is so much bigger than you fucking know. And yeah, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Okay. Where, where can everyone find you? Where do they need to, you need to get on our email list right now. Yes. yes. KirstenRoldan.com. You can join my email list. Uh, that's where I mostly say you're welcome to also follow me on Instagram at the same name, Kirsten Roldan. Uh, and yeah, and you'll be able to connect and see what I'm up to. Yeah, oh, and I always forget. I have a podcast, million dollar piece, yes. the million dollar piece podcast. I always forget to say that. Yes. Listen yeah. to her podcast. It is so, so, so good. Oh, um, thank you. What, what else was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say once you guys sign up for her email list, read the emails. Mm -hmm. you will see quickly what we're talking about. Like we were talking about how amazing she is of um, an email writer, a writer in general. 
And you'll see it from the first fucking email you get. Like sometimes I just read, I don't actually read a lot of emails, um, but when I do, I'm like, damn, that's, that's a good, the other day. Okay. I will, this is the last thing and then we'll end the other day. I did this fun exercise and everyone should do this too. I read some, actually a couple you and Stacey Bayman. I was reading your guys' emails mm-hmm. and I was asking my, like, I was just like, this is so fucking good. And I, then I kind of transitioned to, I wonder what they have to believe. Like, what do they believe to be writing this? Like what beliefs are very clear to me? Like if I was writing these emails, what are like the top beliefs I have? And it was so good. Your mindset. Yeah. I say that all the time. Like you can see your mindset in your copy for sure. You can see your mindset in your copy. It's so true. A hundred percent. Thank you so, so much. Get on her email list right now. Also check out her website. It's so, so, so good. Thank Thank you you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Hey, amiga, if you are not on my email list, you are missing out on some juicy content. I share sales and marketing tips every single week. Plus, you're the first to know about new freebies and webinars and all the other things fun happening. To get on the list, sign up for my free training, How to Sell Out for Figure Offers. This training will also shift your mindset around what it really takes to book out your coaching business. So sign up in the show notes or on my website, katdalkarman.com to be added to the email list. I will see you next time. Mwah.